Welcome to the last episode of Time Man on Pod of the season, uh, and it is our inaugural uh, end of season awards. And we've been joined by some of the lads. Evening, lads. You well? Evening. Evening. Oh. Tom, you you all right? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm quite worried. One of the lads that we've got on the pod just said he's off to prison tomorrow, so I'm quite worried he was brought on. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure that this this plan was good a good idea. To be honest with you, joined by an absolute bunch of reprobates. One but, of the lads uh, just keeps disconnecting and connecting again. It's going to be an absolute shit show. Yeah, all mine, but he's he's the one that knows. Uh, he, he knows how this works. He's on every pod known to man. Is uh, is young Greg? So he should know how this works. Right. a crowd. <laughs> right, we've got lots to go through. We've got nine awards uh, and lots to chat through, I'm sure. Boys, just to kick us off, I mean, we, we, we covered this in the last episode. We, we've done it to death in terms of we've summarised how we've seen the season. Just in a couple of words from each of you, what, uh, how do you actually summarise the season just gone? Um, I'd say in a couple of, well, maybe three words from a distance. It's uh, it's been long, horrible, mainly painful, and thank God it's over. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. that. It's, it's it's. I mean, I don't know if you're watching the games on TV or you just don't get the atmosphere like you do normally. But sleep-inducing is two words I'd use for a lot <laughs> of the games. That's very accurate. I would say drab is the one word that springs to mind. For me, the word that springs to mind is is Tom i.e. pessimistic. <laughs> I think that pretty much, yeah, I think we've summarised the season well there. Let's try and, we'll try and be a little bit more upbeat for the next hour because I think the season has been awful, but hopefully we can uh, have a little bit of light-heartedness with, uh, with, with some of these awards. And we'll kick off, actually. We'll, I think the first one would be quite a nice, uh, a nice intro. We've got the, uh, the Shit House of the Season Awards sponsored by Sabra Lamucci. <laughs> And uh, there's quite a few, there's quite a few, uh, when we were, when we were coming up with the winner of this award, there was, there was quite a few people who, who, we, who came to mind. There's been a late entry and that late entry has won it and we'll not give that away just yet. But what are your thoughts? I mean, Lewis Graben automatically springs to mind with his penalty miss against Sheffield Wednesday. Bryce Samba, obviously, he's the king, he's the king of, uh, of being a shit ass. I mean, who's up there for you, boys? I mean, there's there's, there's a few, but yeah, I mean, Graben. I mean, if that if that penalty miss had sent Derby down, I mean, that would have been he'd have won it hands down. Hey, it's got to it's got to be Graben. I mean, Bryce Samba's the obvious choice throughout the season, but I think when Graben smiled that widely after he missed the penalty, I think that takes the biscuit for me. And for me, I Graben as well because I'm still not over where he ducked under the ball and we conceded the goal uh, from the corner. Thing. First thing that came to mind was that duck of the goal. I mean, it was like circus football, that weren't it? Him and Samba together as a double act. I think great shit at ours. I mean, Samba's, Samba's the captain of shit houses, though, isn't he? He'll just do it week after week and he's so consistent. So it's such a shame he's not going to win it. But that smile could still send Derby down. Well, of course. Because it's still ongoing. Mm. Yeah. If it does, that's going to be printed on every T-shirt around Nottingham. Sure. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, if it, if it happens after the fact that they've already been st- they've, they've been they survived basically, and now they're going to be relegated for financial fair play, it would be it would be something you want to print on a T-shirt. I think with Samba um, and him being shit house, if we'd have been ahead more in more games, you know, defending one 0 leads, I think he would have romped it because he's just brilliant at closing out games and just delaying tactics and. You know, and just just winding up players. 
So we we gave in the end. We Lewis Graben was a, a close runner up, and we actually gave the the shit out of the season to a non Forest player. Um, steaming in at the last minute, even after the season has gone, we've given shit out of the season to Eric Alonso. I mean, that is absolutely <laughs> shit out of the finest, isn't it? I mean, he's got he's got them all on strings. I mean, he hasn't got a five in the bank, I don't think. And, there's, uh, quite, there's quite a few nominations from that same kind of thing. No, Mel Morris. I mean, shit out. Mel of Morris. Years, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we shouldn't really. We don't want to. We don't want to spend too much time on the Forest Pod talking about our. Good friends down the A52, but I mean, I mean, how funny is it? I mean, it, 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 they just go from comedy to comedy. I mean, the fact that he was, he was what posting pictures of a, a TikTok house, acting as if it was his own. I mean, what a, what an absolute clown that bloke is. I think last week as well. It was a, every day I'd wake up and go, oh, I wonder what's on there now. <laughs> every day without fail, he just didn't disappoint. It was just I another mean, bit of gold on there. It, it takes something to make Fowers look like a decent guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just, just going to say... Far, but he made him look not as bad. <laughs> I was just going to say, you're probably waiting for next Fowers will be buying Derby tomorrow, probably. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. He could afford them. Well, neither could but Anyway... Enough More. about Derby. Dear, oh dear. Well, well, that's it. So we've given our shit out of the season to Eric Alonso just for his pure comedy goal that he's given us for the last week and a half. Um, I think if there was an award that summed up our season now, the fact we've got to give it to someone at Derby just tells you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not been a vintage one, has it? So shall we move on? Because it's another... Mm-hmm. The next award is, uh, is Miss of the Season. And I think we've already talked about one of the, the, the nominees there, uh, we've talked about Lewis Graben. I think Lewis Graben's probably got a catalogue of uh, mm. of misses, but any any spring to mind? Um, I mean, Lewis Graben has had more one on ones, uh, especially during the last latter stage of the season as well. Um, there's been a few, there's been a few misses from Forest players this year, but yeah, um, I've got, um, I've got a, I know I'm a big fan. And I won't hear a bad word about him. However, <laughs> it can be like a um, a collection of misses in the Ryan Yates headers. 50 p <laughs> Yeah, it's not <laughs> like a sponge. Like, it just seems to have no... Pa- I love Ryan Yates, but I'd, I'd put him up there with his headers. Hopefully he'll work on him in the summer. I did see a Twitter compilation, must have been a couple of weeks now, where someone had just, like, stitched 15 to 20 headed misses in the space of like 30 seconds he, it is funny I mean just imagine if he didn't have a 50p head yeah and he gets oh, it score so many goals. <laughs> top mm-hmm. score yeah. although that's not that hard but he would have been <laughs> I must admit, I was also going to say Ryan Yates for a for a collective effort, and also knowing how much Tom's a fan of his, that uh, and if you two's been voting on it, Tom's probably put Ryan in there straight away. So, yeah, uh, I think I think the two things to be fair. Do you know what? He's he's one of our own. He's trying his best, but in the off season, Chris, just teach him how to head the ball on target, shoot on target, and stay on side, and you'll be a good player. Not a lot then. <laughs> Are we sure this award just isn't genuinely the player that needs to improve the most in the summer award? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even, we didn't even, I mean, yeah, look, every time 
we we get a free kick or a corner and Ryan Yates is anywhere near it. It is it, comedy gold again. It is comedy gold. He, he's never going to get one. But Ryan Yates didn't even come into our thinking for this award. We actually we actually did give we, we thought because the amount of times that Thomas hammered Yates on this podcast, we thought we might have to just have a standalone award for him. But we we, we, we took it out of it. We just couldn't do it. But we didn't actually give it to Ryan Yates this one. We we've given this one to. Uh, to Lewis Graben for his miss against Rotherham at home. I don't know if anyone remembers that one. It was quite early on in the season. He rounds the keeper. All he's got to do is slide it into yes. an empty net yeah. to win 2-1. And he's blasted it wide. Awful. But yeah, there's a couple. A picture of the open goal, like even I could score it, and it just doesn't happen. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. He's not the best, is our Lewis, to be fair. When you get any sort of one-on-one or anything like that, he, he's not the most prolific uh, in those positions. So, yeah, we've given the miss of the season. Has to quite easily go grab and rover him at home. Absolutely dreadful. Um, right, award three. This one's now, we're starting to get into to the, to the meat of it a little bit. Goal of the season. Now, we haven't scored many. We haven't scored many, but we have scored a couple of absolute crackers. So, let's, yeah, I'll hear it out from you boys first in terms of before we give our winner away. But goal of the season for you guys? It's got to be the last goal that they scored. That, the goal, um, what's his name? The goal we scored um, against the last game of the season. Garner, yeah, when yeah, the finish that yeah. one. I think one that springs to mind for me, and I'm going to look like a tip because I... Honestly, can't remember who it was even against, but there's one from Sammy Amiobi that springs to my mind. Oh, yeah. Where he did a, a one two on the edge of the box and just curled it around. I don't know if anyone can actually remember who it was against. It was, it was the goalie one goal of the month for, wasn't it? Yeah. Millwall, I, yeah, 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 he Millwall did a one two with my two. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I that think the, the, obviously, we're not saying who we've given it to yet, but yeah, I think obviously the last goal of the season, like Al said, from James Garner would have been definitely right up there. Um, probably a lot of people who definitely should have been given the award. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, Forest haven't scored many this season, but when they have, some of them have been pretty good, actually. It's a shame that we couldn't do it more often or just have someone like Grabber actually score the goals that we should have scored. <laughs> or, yes, actually getting ahead of them. See, I must admit, the one, the one I'd kind of uh, chuck in there is, uh, and it won't take you long to work out, uh, which game it was against uh, was Ribeira because that was a, a nice all-round move. Finished off with a with a nice little finish there. His only goal for us. Yeah, the the one as well that that we always. I, I think it was even our first goal of the season. We'd not we'd not scored in what four games. It was Luke Freeman scored an absolute worldie at home. Uh, and I think he, I think he, he just got to the point where we we couldn't score for Toffee, so they were shooting from anywhere. And I think yeah. he rifled one from about 25 yards out, which he had no real right to score. But and they just given the point, they just got to the point where they're just trying to wanger it from anywhere. I I, yeah. It was Amiobi against uh, Millwall, wasn't it? He scored two. Yeah, yeah I, think he did, I think he did get two. Yeah, his second one was, was class, as I say. Yeah, the second one was, I thought they were both good, but the second one, yeah, I, that's one of them. And obviously Garner's for me, but it, the problem with Garner's was it was just that irrelevant that, and it's so hard this season. No crowds and stuff—they're all just going to be forgotten. It's not going to be a game that's remembered. Yeah. Well, what about Garner's? Garner, I mean, Garner's free kick at home to QPR was that? Was that a? Yeah. Was that a shot or was it a cross? I mean, it didn't mean uh, yeah. definitely a cross. He didn't mean that. 
I, I think it. I think it's one of those you stick under the around the crossbar near the keeper, just hoping for something to happen. So it's it's not a shot, but it's put into the danger area, and if something goes wrong, it goes in. So I, I kind of think a little bit on that. Uh, the other one I think about. The other one think about the Glenbury one, ball over the top, and then he kind of hit it half volley yeah. job. Wickham. Yeah. We had we all had big. We had all, all had high hopes for. For big Glenn when he's got his uh, after he'd scored his brace against Wickham and it didn't really happen for him after that, did it? But yeah, cracking finish in yeah, terms of his Maury, uh, yeah Maury, over the top. The same Maurice Mintz didn't last very very long, did it? Uh, <laughs> that just didn't take off. At all. No. Is, is this is this also has Tom been involved in the voting of this one? Because if he has, I'm guessing it'll be one of Lyle Taylor's four goals. <laughs> <laughs> four goals, bloody hell. Yeah, I'll put the website up so I could see who scored. Or, <laughs> or, really or are you... <laughs> I'm sure he owns off now as well. It's nice that there's no video, so you can't see us like frantically looking through YouTube to try and find us. <laughs> <the goal. laughs> there's not that many goals to go from, boys. This, this is probably the easiest goal of the season competition we've had in quite some time. There's just not that many goals. Right, should we go for it? So you've already named it. To be fair, we had to we had to give it. It was. It was a small debate in terms of whether we gave it to Garner, but I think I think Greg, you summed it up. It was just just didn't want anything riding on it. So we gave it to Sammy Amiobi for his goal at home to Millwall. Lovely finish. Um, and certainly worthy of goal of the season. Right. Worst sign of the season. I think this one could go on for quite some time. Where do we start on this one? Uh, I mean, again, enough signings to go at, all 14, 15 of them last summer. Um, I mean, we've had some shockers, haven't we? We've had some absolute shockers. But I'm sure this one will actually get quite a different... I think this one will be a mixed opinion on uh, worst sign in the summer. I mean, we've had people come in who look like they couldn't even pass a football. And we've had some people who've played a game and then disappeared off the face of the earth. So it's quite a, quite an interesting one. I mean, Harry Arter, Basharu, probably got to be two people right up there when you think about it. I mean... None of the signings have been amazing. Obviously, I mean, Garner, for example, has been great. Um, and, you know, the likes of Kravinovich, I think, has been all right. But your likes of your Basharus and your Arters have got to be the biggest contenders for me. I've just done what probably a couple are doing and quickly Googling, Googling the squad. And uh, how's about number 39, uh, Diallo? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How can you have a player that's never... I don't even think he's ever been to the bench, has he? He was on, yeah. he was on the bench once. The thing is, though, surely, surely the worst signing has got to be the player that's awful, but also cost the most money. So you're looking at how much did we pay for Harry Arter? We must... I mean, I'm reading something here that says we paid £4.9 million for him. I don't really? think we paid that no. It's just some. It's a transfer market website, and it's got that down, and it's got MB down for four point five million. So if we did pay, you know, four or five million for Harry Arden, he's probably on a decent wage as well, considering how few games he's played and how inept he's been. That has to be a worse signing, surely. Yeah, you make. I didn't realise he was. <laughs> I mean, like, likewise, how much should we spend on you know the likes of um, Jack Colback? I mean, he can't get anywhere near the team. I mean, he's on the bench a bit, but since since we signed Garner. And, you know, Kravinovich and other players, you know, he can't he can't get a game. And again, he'll be on a really high wage. Yeah. I think it sums it up when you think back to I was thinking about it earlier on, and you think back to the team under Sabri Lamucci and, and obviously then the change that we went through over the summer and the sheer volume of signings that we brought in. Actually, when you look at the core team that played 
in that second half of the season, it, it still got a lot of those players still in it, right? So you Samba, you know, Worrell, Figueredo, Ribeiro in at left back, and he was in and out. Obviously, yes, you got Christie at right back, but obviously we'd sold Cashy. I suppose the two centre midfielders where obviously you would have had Watson and Samba, so obviously they've changed. But even, up, you know, grabbing up top, Lolly before he got injured, Sammy Amiobi. I mean, to say we we bought in 14 new players over the summer, I mean, we, we've we've obviously banged on about it a lot on here, and I think we all have in, in terms of kind of the various conversations that we've had. But, I mean, the business was poor. It was just unnecessary. Yeah. And I, I think you can name five or six players who you'd be quite happy to see the back of this summer. And you probably, you know, we probably will see the back of them. That's the sad thing, right? Mm. I think the saddest thing as well is the expectation we had at the start of the season. Like you see all these players coming in and like listening to this podcast at the start of the season. Like I was with you boys. I was absolutely ecstatic about some of those signings. Like Harry Arter is one example where the expectation was just so, so high and we just felt all positive for the season. And it took what, five or six games for that to just die. And then, yeah, like you say, like five or six really disappointing signings. Well, you could say, you could put an argument in the Forest worst signing of the season is who the, the people, the recruitment team yeah. who, who brought in all yeah. of those players. Because, yeah. I mean, it's just, it was a shambles, let's face it. Last summer for all the excitement was, was incredibly poor. Like we're hearing, obviously, a new direction now coming into the new season, which sounds hopeful. But the, the recruitment last summer was just really poor. There was just no coherent plan at all, and you could tell it was it wasn't the Mucci signings um, that were coming in, and then when he was sacked, you had Chris's signings again. I mean, to sign that many players um, at the start of the season is just ridiculous. It, 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 I don't know. It's I think as no as Tom said before on this pod, you're never going to be successful when you keep changing fourteen players a season. Mm. However. We all probably think now that we need to change a load again this season because this just isn't right. So for me, the most disappointing player was Harry Arter, but for me, the worst transfer transfer was Bashiru. I mean, that game I can't remember it was where he came on a sub. He looked like the kid that's left at the end when you pick sides that came on. <laughs> the kid, the kid looked too big for him. You know, he he, he looked like uh, Home Alone running around on the pitch on his own. Get the movie in for you, Tom. Yeah, I didn't realise we signed Macaulay Culkin, but yeah, I suppose he would be worth signing of the season. But I think when you look at it, bear in mind, obviously, the the big problem this season has been not creating enough and and not scoring enough goals. I suppose the two other players that, you know, would stand out, I was really disappointed with with Luke Freeman. I kind of had big hopes. Obviously, we went went after him last January as well, and it just didn't look fit from the off, did he? And just didn't really work out for him. I suppose the other one who... Probably not as disappointing, although it depends what game you ask me, because sometimes I want to smash my head into a wall watching him, is Anthony Knockhart. Yeah. I mean, Knockhart is just... I chatted to my mate, my Brighton mate, when we signed him, and and he was saying it'll be be unbelievable for you. Like, it'll be great at that level under Chris Hewton. And we've seen... I mean, we've probably... He had his game against Derby, where he was by far the best player on the pitch. Um, but it's just we, we've seen glimpses, but he's just one of the most frustrating players I've seen in a, in a red shirt for quite some time. I mean, I, I don't actually think he realizes that he can pass it. Yeah, he's, he's just petulant as well. Like some of his decision making is so frustrating. 
knock off sums up Forest recruitment for me because he's kind of that player that was great, a great championship player a few years ago. And Forrest just go, right, you know, he's coming up to late 20s or whatever. Uh, let's sign him. And by the time Forrest get those players, they're always dipping. They're, they're always on the downturn, um, which is why I think when we're hearing about players, Forrest looking at kind of the lower leagues and players on the up, that is the way that they should have gone. And a lot of the cleverer clubs like Brentford have been doing that for years, but Forrest just seemed to have gone for the tried and tested and ended up failing. <laughs> but saying that, like, saying that, Tom... Okay. Oh, God. Oh, uh, yeah, saying that, Tom, it wouldn't surprise me if Freeman went back to Sheffield United and tore up mm. this league next season and knock out wherever they end up. Mm. I think we seem to, we buy these players because they're good championship players, but then whether we're buying individuals, whether we're not bonding them together, whether they're not playing, like you say, sometimes I think they forgot what colour shirt we were wearing because they just weren't <laughs> passing to each other. There was no, I know there's been a lot of talk about there's no team bonding because obviously these are 14 lads have come in and you can't get together. You can't bond as a team, but when you've still got a strong spine of a team that nearly got us into the playoffs, you think you only need one or two and people like Knockart, he, I think they're still good players. So I just, I don't understand why it didn't work for them. What's, what's gone wrong. Yeah. I think what are the, just I to, think... just to wind Tom up as well. What, what are the thoughts on Lyle Taylor? Yeah. I just think, I think Greg, yeah. so much hope for him. Like, when it looked like we were going to get him, but then someone else was involved, I thought, bloody hell, just our look, we're going to miss out. When we got him again, I was like, yes, that is the, the signing we need. It'll push Graben a bit further. And it's just, Graben's not fired this season. And Taylor, I mean, four goals for your, your big championship you know, striker signing, it's just not good enough, is it? Well, I'm gonna, I'll stop you there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might. I was waiting for that. That's what I was looking for. Oh, there you people. Uh, coming on our pod and dissing Lyle Taylor. No, I think your, your, your argument back for Lyle Taylor, though, would be, I think I'd still be annoyed if Forrest didn't sign Lyle Taylor because I just felt like it was one of those yeah. signings which Forrest usually do miss out on. Yeah, it's not worked out. You know, even I'll put my hands up on that one the way that I would have hoped. But but for a freebie, it was a, a no no risk signing in a way. Oh, and I there's still what... so much hope for next season yeah. with him as well. Exactly. Because like, you could imagine Graben going to Qatar or somewhere and then he'll be, Taylor might just think, right, this is my time, a brilliant pre-season and he'll have his 20 goals. You just don't know, do you? You just need yeah. that couple but, of midfielders okay. to help him out and he's away. You say this though, right? You actually take you take a cold hard look at Taylor's stats, though, which I'm doing at the moment, right? So, 2018 to 2020, he played 63 games for Charlton. He scored 32 goals. So, you know, one in two, not bad, That's but good. it was a lot of a lot of it was in League One. But you go back Charlton. before that, and you got to remember he's been playing since 2007 when he made, when he started when he started with Millwall. So he's been, he's been around quite a while. He's in his 30s now. 131 games for AFC Wimbledon in League One and two, and only scored 44 goals. You know, three goals in 15 games for Partick Thistle, three goals in 18 games for Scunthorpe, seven goals in 20 games for Partick Thistle, two goals in 20 games for Sheffield United. You know, he's had some he's had some runs, but it's been a lot, it's not good teams and it's in low divisions. I, mean, I don't think, I think there's a lot of hype made of him. He had one really good season with Charlton in the Championship where he scored a, a few goals and people looked at his stats and went, you know, he's got one in two. But, for me, I, I just don't think there's nothing in his stat. I don't think there's nothing in his play. I, I just don't think he's good enough for the championship. Wow. 
Although that being said, when that Charlton played us uh, the year before and he scored that goal against us, he ripped our defence apart the whole game. He also, we just we couldn't handle him. I also think there's something to say, like obviously they're not perfect, but I do obviously there is a respect and we dis Brentford a lot, Stato down in down in West London, but like they they were after him, and and it's very rare they do get their recruitment wrong. And I do think there is a player in there, like like Chris has just said there. Uh, when I've seen him play, I thought he's a threat. And even when he's come on for Forest, yeah, he's not scored the goals, but I do like his work rate or chasing after the ball. Yeah, sometimes you think, come on, you tit, like get up. But like I, I do like his general way of playing. It's whether Chris Hewton thinks he can fit into what he wants to do next season. Is he the kind of attacker he wants, or is he looking for something completely different? I think that'll be the make or break for mm-hmm. Taylor for Forest. Right. Let's wrap this one up because I think I feel like we could probably just go on and do another podcast on our poor transfer business. But I'm just conscious of the fact we've got more to talk about. Um, Tom, do you want to do the honours on this one in terms of who we gave worst sign of the season to? Yep, it was. We we mentioned him. I think he was the obvious choice. I think to do with the the rumoured fees and just the fact that he doesn't look like he can even pass a football. It was Harry Arter. Um, and, and I think, you know, look, there, there's, there's many options. We spoke about Bashiru, we spoke about Knockout, Freeman, Lyle Taylor. But I think Ariata, just given the height, given the transfer fee, given the fact he looks like he, he's won the lottery to become a professional footballer, <laughs> I think Ariata had to win this one. Agreed. Right. We've done worse signing of the season. Let's do best signing of the season. Easy. Now, <laughs> we've just ruled... Most of the business out, so I reckon this is probably it's only a two horse race. I think we could probably throw a third in. Surely it's got to be between my man Scott McKenna. Uh, I suppose James Garner's got to be in there as well, in terms of uh, the impact he's had obviously since joining in January. And do you know what? For listeners of the pod that might be surprised that these words are about to come out of my mouth, but. <laughs> Maybe even the Cyrus Christie might be. Yeah, I was just about to say him. Which I've spent the last. I think I've probably spent eighty percent of the last season caning him. But yeah, I mean, fair play. He obviously came good towards the end of the season. But yeah, what do we think, boys? There's not been many good signings, but obviously those three probably stand out. I presume. I presume Lyle Taylor's not an option now. I think it's got to be McKenna for me because it's the it's the years we're going to get out of him gone, and we just hope to get next season again. He has been superb, but Mm. McKenna is longevity. If Worrell goes, God hope he doesn't. But McKenna would be an obvious captain choice. He's fit now, and it just shows the partnership he's got with Worrell. He's just he can be an absolute unit, and I think we had like amazingly still like one of the best defences in the championship didn't we like top mm. six or something so yeah and he's just where they've got it right we found a cheap player uh, who's absolutely quality and international and yeah McKenna for me yeah I'm I mean passionate I, about I, that one. I think I'd probably agree with McKenna but I would also mention an honourable mention to Capri because I thought he's played really well when he's coming I thought he's done a lot better than I expected he's, he's way, I, I literally thought he was just a squad move you know, Lipicana's player, you know, standard, but we're going to get one from them because our owners are their owners. And he's done a lot better than I thought he would. And he's also also mm. playing two positions and played well in two positions. It's a good chat, Al. Uh, the other honourable mention I would put in there, whether you class him as a signing, but uh, Chris Hewton. Uh, I think, although we, we didn't want Sabri gone so quickly, I think making that move early 
gave him time to suss out the squad and also signings that came in and the, the way the team looked. Yes, it was still a little bit nervy at times, but we we got out uh, with a few games to spare. Uh, and then I feel quite positive about next season. So let's get the positivity in there. Mm. You know, playoffs next season. Uh, Tom, I know you'll come back on that. But yeah, so I think <laughs> for me, all the ones you've mentioned, uh, McKenna, Garner, I, I would have said Garner originally, but as... Uh, I was just Alan Gregor said the years we're going to get out McKenna McKenna yep but also uh, Hewton when he when he takes us up next season yeah fair shout fair shout we are we're obviously massive I mean look you, you go you only have to flick through Twitter and a couple of the message boards etc and I think there is a section of the Forest crowd that aren't necessarily too enamoured with Hewton in terms of his style of play but I think look we, we've talked about it on here in terms of given the job he's had to do. And this season hasn't been pretty, but it was never going to be pretty after the turmoil of the summer. And I think he got the job done and, you know, we could sit back for the last few day- games of the season and we weren't nervous, which I think, you know, if you'd have said that to me at Christmas, sort of obviously snapped your hands off for of that because it looked like it was going to go right to the wire. So, yeah, I think it's a good shout, Chris, in terms of Hewton. It was definitely, the, he was the best choice we could possibly get at that time. And I, I'm, I'm a team with you, mate. I'm, I'm looking forward to next season. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm quietly optimistic, but I always am. So, <laughs> yeah, it's his second season. He, he, he tends to do well. I don't know where he's been before. I've got friends who, who are like Norwich fans. They say the football he plays is dour. But do you know what? If he gets us up, do we actually care? Is it about going and watching entertaining football, or is it actually getting a winning team? Well, normally by the time we get to kick off, we've had a fair few pints, so it don't really matter, does it, to be honest? But uh, anyway, well, it dep- one day dep- every week will, will do me. So. It depends if Tom's had his wallet open. That that normally <laughs> takes us a while to get a drink then. It's, got half, it's taken half an hour to get that joke in. We've done I well. I was going to say, I can't believe that's taken 38 minutes, Chris. <laughs> I've never had my wallet open, so let's get a new manager and want better football. He's the the only bloke I know that's enjoyed lockdown because he's been able to lock his wallet even further down. (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, for me, yeah, I think uh, Scott McKenna, I think, you know, the the defensive record speaks for itself. It's a shame that we uh, couldn't hit a barrio with a banjo, but... Like, uh, I think, um, yeah, Scott McKenna and the, the relationship and the understanding, the partnership he's built with Warrell alongside him, I think he's the, the obvious choice, right? I think uh, mm-hmm. hopefully next season what we're saying is is that the kind of the new recruitment team or, you know, getting Gary Brazil in a domestic scouting position is kind of the signing of the, of the season for next season. But this season, I think Scott McKenna, would be uh, <clears throat> well. I think Scott McKenna's an interesting one, isn't it? Because we, we've just slated the recruitment team, but if you believe, if you believe, kind of the, their backing of Scott McKenna, obviously they they were tracking him for a couple of windows, uh, and he's a player that's been on the Forest radar for for, for quite some time. Um, so to obviously go and, and get him over the line this summer, I mean, fair play. Not not all of their business was awful, just ninety percent of it. But, I mean, yeah, by far the best signing for me. Obviously, I've banged on about it loads. I think, just to echo everything that you guys have already said, his partnership with Warrell, you know, he, he's just been outstanding. And, and hopefully we see those mm-hmm. two play together more often next season. And that can kind of really be the bedrock of our defence because I think if that's the case, without a doubt, Forrest will have the best centre-half pairing in the league. Um, but, yeah, I agree. But the thing is, though, because we've lost... Now, we might not be signed Christie. We've lost Ribeiro. I mean, 
do we want to play with two at the back? I mean, we've got, you know, potentially three or four really top class centre-halves. You know, playing three at the back might not be, you know, I know it's not necessarily Hewton's style, but it seems to be coming more back in vogue. And, you know, the yeah. centre-half we've got, with Mbisso so and, you know, Figueredo, it's, it's, it's possible that we could play three at the back. We've definitely got the players for it. I was with Al till he said Ribeira, uh, sorry, uh, Figueredo. But uh, yeah, I think I think MB So could come in and do that role. I also yeah. think, and I know we're kind of talking about signings, and I'm sure you'll go on to this in the podcast. I think we could be having a change in, in goal next season. I've just got this feeling that we might not see him again, Bryce Samba. Oh, don't say that. Don't say that. That's upset me. That's upset me. You had to bring it down. We were going so well then, weren't we? We were going so positive and you had to do that to me. Right, well, they need to bring another goalie to go to Jordan Smith, Chris. But, you know. <laughs> oh, God. Right, <laughs> let's, wrap this, let's wrap this one up. Yeah, look, it, it, it's, it's an absolute <laughs> foregone conclusion, this one. We've obviously given... I mean, Tom didn't even have to stop me from giving it to Scott McKenna. Scott McKenna is a clear winner of the sign of the season. So, uh, yeah, job done on that one. So, next award. There's a bit of fun with this one and I think we've covered a lot of it already in the previous ones, but... We've gone for the Stealing a Living Award. Now, Ooh. open to interpretation. Over to you boys, really. I mean, this could be anyone from, well, actually the goalkeeper, Diallo. I mean, that is the ultimate steal a living. I don't think he's even been to the training ground. Yeah. Can I throw yeah. a name out straight off the bat? <laughs> go, go on. Carl Jenkinson. He's one that springs to mind instantly. Yeah. I don't think we've seen him play more than a few minutes this season. Thank God. It, if football manages anything to go by, which I know you shouldn't take it as gospel, he's our highest earning player and he just offers absolutely nothing for me. Pretty obvious one to say. If that's he's, the case, yeah, I'd agree with Jen- that. Jenkinson has played 129 minutes this season. <laughs> oh, wow. What's that <laughs> per hour then? Compared to Jordan Smith, who's played 90 minutes in one game. So it just shows you how little... Uh, Jordan Smith played. is so important because he's that person. If Brees gets injured, then you're messed up, aren't you? <laughs> well, yeah. Now, over to you. <laughs> well, if Brees does get injured, we are messed up because Jordan Smith is leaving no. the best. <laughs> <laughs> he just got thrown in in the wrong season. I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> Come on, this is a good goal. Ten minutes of the podcast. He, he's, he's a squad league one player at best. <laughs> <laughs> he should be nowhere near a championship team. I, 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 but you know what? Fair play to the lad. He's not. He's not. He's probably only only about five grand a week. So, and like you say, he turns up for training. <laughs> he turns up. Thanks for coming. If Big Chris's inside info is right, and we lose Bryce, and then Smith takes us to the Premier League, I'm going to record every minute of this conversation. Uh, <laughs> it's not. It's not inside info. I've just got this feeling that Hewton will want his own goalkeeper. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's been rumoured to be sniffing around uh, a young Premiership keeper. I can't remember who it was. All right. But yeah, so I just just. I mean, that that is believable to a degree. You've heard rumours of. You know Samba's attitude and not necessarily training hard. I mean, he did really well in the last last part of the season, I thought, but he did get dropped, didn't he? At one point, and they reckon that was because of his attitude. So possible, but they won't. They won't. They won't if anything, they'll keep they'll keep Samba on as reserve keeper because there's no way you can. You've got to have you've got to have a bit of quality as reserve keeper. We don't have that at the moment. I think Figueroa's in there for me. I mean, he is doing a cracking job of impersonating <laughs> the centre half. Uh, I'm just. 
Unbelievable. I mean, I've forgiven Cyrus Christie. I mean, he's become one of my favourites now. And shame, obviously, it looks like he's not staying. But I just figure either every time he's on the team sheet, it just scares the life out of me. I mean, I imagine I, you couldn't give, you can't be too harsh, you can't give him two awful awards. But I mean, you could argue Ari Arter because I bet he's like, <laughs> Let it go, it. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Arter, Bashiru, Diallo, uh, Bong, Bong, you know. Bong's done all right this year. Although he's on the high money, he's done. He's done all right. He's done all right. Someone, someone eject him from the pod. You can't come on air opinions like that. He's not. He's terrible. Terrible footballer. Geese and Bong. Just yeah, staggering. Staggering. I mean, we love him, and he's a Forest legend. <laughs> but Michael Dawson hasn't really featured too much. A decent screw. He's coaching. Yeah. I think you've got to be. I think you've got to be careful. Saying I'm playing devil's he's advocate. Coaching. He's coaching. Yeah. Behave yourself, Chris. Yeah, you're good. He's looked good on Sky Sports. He has looked good. I'll tell you someone who's stealing a living. Zach Clough. Oh, he's not yeah. with us. He's still on our books though, for this season, hasn't he? Have we got rid of him? We only got rid of him in January. He yeah. went for a free transfer, yeah. But we kept him oh, for what? the first half of the season. What about the uh, centre-back? Heffler? Heffler? Yeah, he's still got his name is? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's that a is a good one. The thing is, though, again, you can't... It's hard to slag off the players because they're just... They were asked to come here and they came. It's like, the, again, it's the, the people getting them all in each year. That's the issue, isn't it? Put them down for stealing a living. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. The <laughs> recruitment team. Yeah. I mean, who's chief exec again, Greg? Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. You know Don't worry, Greg. We'll edit that bit out, fella. Yeah. We'll edit that bit out. <laughs> They'll oh, be listening. Paul Heff can't even get on the bloody website. That's you know he can't even get a place on the on the team squad on the on the website. Bless him, is I forgot about him. To be honest, that's a really. <laughs> <laughs> just is that a late entry? He pops <laughs> up on my uh, he pops up on my Twitter feed and just him posting modelling pictures or whatever that he's up to these days. He's not <laughs> bloody ridiculous. Like it was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Well, well, he doesn't even play cheerleader anymore. At least he was doing that before, but no. Nah. Well, so there's a few then. Yeah. There's a few then. Look, for this one, it it, it 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 might be harsh, but he is earning a lot of money. And when he played against Swansea, looked. I mean, there was the, the clip, to give it away, there was a clip of, the, of this player that went viral after the Swansea game. I think just looking really confused and standing on the ball. So, for that alone, it had to go to Carl Jenkinson. Yeah. I mean, I had, I remember when we signed Carl Jenkinson, I had, I didn't have eye hopes, but I had some hope. And I mean, again, just, uh, it's just not worked out for him. Terrible signing, Carl Jenkinson. I just can't believe he's played Premier League football for Arsenal. He played Mm. quite a few games for him as well, didn't he, somehow? Yeah. Somehow, somehow. Anyway, we move on. We move on. Right, the next one. Unsung Hero Award. So we've all talked about. I mean, Ryan Yates. This category is uh, he, he's made for him. Certainly with with most of you guys on the pod this this week, it'll be. Uh, I'm sure that'll be a favourite selection. But there are a few, right? Obviously, we've talked about Christie. We, you know, we've talked about um, 
we talked about like your McKenna's, etc. Cafu's in there yeah, as well, of course, hero. Who's it for you, boys? Who's the player that just every week puts in a solid seven out of ten, but doesn't really get called out for his performances? Uh, yeah. Sorry, I've just had to move rooms. The dog's doing my head. <laughs> <laughs> Technical <laughs> issues. I'm going to say, well, no one's going to believe it when I say it, but Ryan Yates. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is going to the weirdest pod we've done this season. I'm, having, I'm laughing at myself when I'm saying it. But How much you had to drink, Tom? Not, not anything. I think that's the problem. But I think, you know, at least he... Look, at some point in the next few years, he's going to look like sloth from the Goonies because all he does is get punched in the face. You know, he's a warrior. He's played in those horrible games. He gets his face in the way. I mean, it's a shame he gets his head in the way when we want him to score, but he gets his face in the way when people like to give a bit of a shoo-in. So Ryan Yates would be a contender, I think. I'd say Ryan Yates has a better chance of getting to the Premier League before Forrest do. Mm. He he's a workhorse, and I know it's so easy to slag him off. And Forest fans are the best at slagging off their own players, but he's still learning his trade. He's still young. He's one of those old school, you know, defensive midfielders. By all accounts, he's first into the training ground, last to leave. I just think he's a he's a proper old school professional. And managers like that. They want someone who's going to give it all on the pitch and at training. And I think he will end up either, you know, somehow going to the Premier League with us, as silly as it sounds, or getting a move, a move in a couple of years to like a, you know, a, a, a Crystal Palace or someone like He'd that. He'd go to Burnley, wouldn't he? I mean, you, yeah, you can't... You... Yeah. You can take the mick out of Ryan Yates for his, like, you know, his heading ability and all the misses he's got. But it is like a sixth sense to be able to be able to get your head onto it and just to have time you run together. And he's always there. He practices on that. He develops that. He could end up scoring 10, 15 goals a season. Look, so I, I, agree, I agree with Greg on that. His potential there. He's got to work on it a bit. But his, his work rate, I think one thing for me is he can be a bit ponderous on the ball and he can slow us down a little bit. But again, yeah. that's something you can practice. Maybe he's told to do that though, slow the possibly, game down, possibly. and you know, just hold. But it yeah, up. I don't think I don't see players like Garner doing it. I think Garner's a little bit more fluid on the ball, and I think the I good think... players in his role don't get speak, spoken about because they're just there in the middle, mm. chipping away, laying it off to other players. They're more like mm. connected players, and mm. you know, if you're not talking about Ryan Yates, he's had a good game. Look, I'm, I know I said he's a contender for the Unsung Hero Award, but Jesus, you all got a bit silly now. Yeah. <laughs> One player I want to call out for the Unsung Hero is Bryce Samba. I do, because I think people, you know, people take the mick out of him and everything. He said, oh, he's had a great defence in front of him. But, you know, he had one in three games. He kept a clean sheet. played 45 games last year, 14 clean sheets. And, you know, considering how we've played over the season and how poorly the team we've played, to get, you know, one in three a clean sheet is not bad. Um only six goalies in the championship got more than him. So I, I think that's worthy calling out. Yeah, I think that's a good shout out. I think Samba, Samba gets a lot of tough critics, I think, because, you know, I mean, he does have the odd mistake in him, but he's a championship level goalkeeper at this moment in time. Let, mm. Let's face it. I mean, if, if he didn't have those mistakes in the he'd already be in the friend. Mm. But, he, you know, he has been a, a fairly safe pair of hands for, for Forrest over the last couple of years. There's, you know, the, we would have conceded more goals if we had a different goalkeeper, such as Jordan Smith, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more goals. 
I mean, so, Samba's Samba's distribution is just unbelievable. I mean, yeah, it's a shame he's bowling it out into the centre of the park and Ryan Yates is slowing it down. But he's 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 outstanding. He, he, the way he can pick a pick a pass or launch it really in terms of his long throws out to the fullbacks to really get Forrest moving. It was a feature, not so much this season, but it was a feature definitely under Lamucci in terms of Forrest being able to go on that. Uh, counter attack with Cash and Ribeiro at full yeah. back, and and and, and you, that's the type of goalkeeper that you really want to build a build a side around to the solid foundations from the back, and and they can really get you moving. And I, I, yeah. I do think he, he does get some stick. And there were periods this season where he wasn't looking as commanding in his box, and his distribution might have been a bit wobbly. But yeah, t- just to echo what Tom said, I mean, if he if he had all of that sorted week in, week out, he wouldn't be playing for us. And obviously, it's an interesting viewpoint from Chris in terms of he thinks that he might go on and he might leave because Chris Hewton will want his own man. Well, I don't think there'd be too... I, mean, I think there'd be quite a lot of clubs that would actually be interested in Bryce Amber if that was the case. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me if he was to go to a Premier League club, maybe as, a, as an understudy at first. Because let's not forget... I mean, it's classic. I mean, you do feel for goalkeepers. They do get linked with big clubs. You only have to look at Scott Carson playing for Man City the other night. But Liverpool were being linked with him in the start of the season in January in terms of going there to be their understudy when they were struggling because Alisson was obviously injured. There'll be clubs looking at Bryce Sandra. I've absolutely no doubt about that. Um, and to your point, Greg, it wouldn't surprise me if Bryce Sandra got to the Premier League quicker than Forrest. yeah. I must admit, I think somebody like a Tottenham would probably be interested in Samba to come to learn under Lloris. Uh, but I think, going back to the conversation, for me, the unsung hero is, is Cafu. Uh, he's just come in, like Al said earlier, we expected nothing from him. We thought he was just a, a nice little gift from the owner saying, here you go, have, have him to make the numbers up. But actually, he's come in, he's been moved about in different positions, he's stuck at his task, and he's he showed... Uh, commitment uh, and effort and he's, he's mm-hmm. wherever he's gone he's, he's tried not the most skillful because there's been a couple of times uh, his shooting's been as bad as Ryan Yates but uh, you know what he put it in and then just also to mention Ryan Yates the, the thing I would say is I do think this season was probably better for him that the grounds were empty because I think he would have had so much abuse from the terrace and it's wrong because the amount of abuse he gets on social media it's incredible. He is still a young man learning his trade and that it's the big thing for Forrest. We need to start getting behind our players. You know, it's, it's no point slaughtering him. As Alan Gregg have said, he's learning his trade. He's, he's still, mm. what, 22? You know, at 22, a lot of people were, were saying the same sort of things about Joe Worrell before he went out that season at Rangers. People were saying that he wasn't good enough, he wasn't this, he wasn't that. We have to, if we believe in these players and we want players to come through our academies... And they, they will be the future. We need to get behind them. But the thing is, though, is you make a very, very, a very valid point there because, and I do take the mick out of Jordan Smith a bit. I, mean, I know we're doing a like say for Wall, but if we sent the likes of you know Smith and Yates out for a season, if they're not going to play regularly, getting a full season in the say League One or the Scottish Premier League under their belt and coming back a better player like Wall did. That, that's going to be better for us. And I think it's really key to say, are they going to play? Are we going to sign other players ahead of them? And are they going to be on the bench? And if so, if they've got the potential to step on, um, you know, I mean, look how good Brennan Johnson's come, come along in the last year. So it, for me, 
I just think the right question, you know, the right question is, are we going to play them? If not, would we be better off sending them on loan, get them a full season, they might come back and then play for us. Yeah, but I, I think I think Yates will start most games next season. I think in Hewton's thinking for the starting eleven. Let's go back to Cafu before we before we wrap this section up. I mean, I'm interested about Cafu. Again, when when we signed him, I agree. I thought, oh, here we go. We just got another one who we'll, we'll sell him in. We'll sell him in January or we'll sell him in the summer and we'll get a million quid and that's a nice little million pound profit. But he, re- I mean, he was he was he was a real surprise. Into he's probably surprised of the season. Um, just in in the fact that we ended up playing him in the ten role, um, mm. and he looked or you know he played it well, um, and then I mean I wrote him off on the pod. I mean I do like making these wild statements, but obviously I wrote him off saying he wouldn't be able to play in the midfield too. Well, again he made me look really stupid because he was outstanding when he you know when he when we dropped him further back and he played in a two. I mean at times when he's played alongside Garner, that has been our best midfield partnership. But, so, I mean, really outstanding. I'm really surprised with him. And I'm glad he's got a, obviously glad he's got a contract extension and obviously he's part of the squad next season. Yeah, I think some of his biggest criticisms come when he's been forced to play. Maybe we've been away from home and he's been forced to play in that kind of number 10 role, which obviously isn't really what he he, he likes doing, but he's obviously been forced to be, he's been put there because we maybe are going a bit more defensively in the game. So, I think that's where the cricket are, but he gets us ticking over. You know, we, you know, we spoke about uh, Yates maybe slowing the game down at times. You know, Cafu and, and Garner in the centre of midfield, alongside Kravinovic, who joined in Jan as well, have kind of got us ticking us over a, a little bit more. You know, making us think a bit more forward, forward thinking. Um, so I think Cafu has done, come in and done a job. Like you said, probably is a surprise of the season. He hasn't just become a, another one where we feel like we're just going to sell him off for. For profit straight away. I mean, we might sell him off at some point in the in the not too future. But he's coming and he's done a job, and that's that's all we could have asked for, especially the season where really no one's impressed massively. So I think Cafu's Cafu's done a really good job this year. Should we wrap that one up then, Tom? Do you want to do the honours for this one? Yep. So the unsung hero goes to Yanis Vrentos. Now it's <laughs> 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 That's the stealing the living one, mate. <laughs> Sorry, it, it, was, uh, it was Cafu, yeah. It was Cafu. Had to be Cafu. Had to be Cafu. How did we not mention him during the stealing the living one? <laughs> he's too, I, you know, he's too, he's too, he's too dicey. You can't be doing that, Nate. I want to, I want to enter the ground next year. Okay. <laughs> 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 struck off. Uh, right, two more awards to go, and obviously the last one being our player of the season. But before we get to that one, we've got the uh, the most improved player of the season award, um, which again, look, is an interesting one. Um, I mean, my vote of this pure and simple has to go to Cyrus Christie. I mean, I've wrote the fella off so many times. There were games, I'll go back to that Rotherham game because I think that's the one that sticks out where I can't remember which, which centre-off it was played the ball out to him and he just went under his foot and out for a throw-in. I mean, that's, that's happened so many times to Cyrus Christie throughout the season, but he just got better and better and better as, as the season went on. And, and actually, obviously, it sounds now, it appears he said his goodbyes and he's not going to be hanging around next season. And I'm actually a little bit gutted about that, which, I mean, if you'd have said that to me at Christmas, I'd have said, thank God. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's my, I mean, as the season went on, he definitely got better. Um, I suppose other mentions, I mean, it wouldn't be hard because he wasn't really playing at the start, but you could talk about your Tyler Blackett's, 
potentially, you know, we've had a bit of a lap up. Gitan Bong, who obviously kind of came in and did okay. Ryan Yates, again, got better as the season went on. There's a few there. Um, but yeah, I mean, Cyrus Christie has to be the standout one. Yeah, I think he just set the standard so low at the start of the season that <laughs> average performances towards the end made him look really good. I think he had the most difficult job, though, out of all the new signings, right? Like, he had the biggest, you know, cash, cash he'd gone. Um, and the right back, the full backs altogether last season were such a pivotal part in the way that we played. And Cyrus Christie came in, probably not, not full of confidence either. Um, obviously, has Derby history, which doesn't help. I think if there was, again, you know, Chris spoke about if there was fans in the ground for Yates, if there was fans in the ground at the start of the season and Cyrus Christie had signed for us and he played as, as awful as he did, let's be blunt, I, I don't know if he would have improved like he did no. this season. No. So I think, you know, fair play to him. I mean, yeah, he did create a, a low standard compared to, <laughs> to Mike Cash last season, but he has improved. And I think it does mm. say something where you are gutted that, he, he might not be coming back to Forest next season. Hear me out on this one. Um, I'm going to say Brennan Johnson, purely because when he went to Lincoln, I thought that was it. That's his level. He'll never play for us. And, you know, good luck to him. Hopefully he'll do well there and they'll sign him. But now he's like, the way he's improved for them throughout the season, he's suddenly the most prolific player in League One. To get him in our squad next season, I cannot wait. Mm. Yeah, I think, I mean, I wouldn't give this player the award because I don't think they've necessarily improved and, you know, that's the point of the award, right? But, <laughs> but I think having uh, on that kind of same basis, you know, Alex Martin just having a yeah. season of being in and around the squad, I think will be more important than what people think, regardless of what they think of his performances this season in all the games. He's still young, so he will be inconsistent. But I think just him having that season, regardless of whether it be in a bad season or not, I think will be pivotal to Forest next season because he'll be able to come in and just slot in a bit more comfortably than what he would have beforehand. So, I think Alex yeah, Mayer, I, I agree with that, definitely. Yeah, I do as well. Yeah, mine's a great shout. I mean, I, I think we differ in opinion, Tom, maybe on this one. I think, well, at times I think we, we, we've agreed and we've, we've probably agreed that sometimes I think his performances are probably... Give, he probably has too many plaudits for his, some of his performances because he is a Forest youngster and he's come through the academy. And we get it; like we all want Forest, but we we want youngsters to come through the academy, make the first team, and and you know be the stars of the show. But I definitely think Alex Martin has shown glimpses this year as to why he's so rated. There is so that you know he, he does stuff where you think, yeah, there's, there's you know this kid's got a bright, real big future ahead of him. Um, I think if you looked at Alex Myson when he was coming off the bench at the start of the season, even you know the games he was playing over that Christmas period, Millwall away where he scored the goal versus where he is now, <laughs> I mean definitely I think Alex Myson has improved, and I think he'll be he'll be hoping that he has a huge season next year. And I, I mean if that can't get you excited for next season in terms of. Myton Johnson coming in. Exactly. Um, that's that's really what you've got to, you know, that's what we've got to pin what, our hopes on really next year. What, what you want for next year is you want Myton playing regularly, you want Johnson playing regularly, and then maybe a new centre forward that's going to be a bit younger, a bit more mobile. And between the three of them, with their pace, their mobility, you know, hopefully they could tear it up potentially. Sometimes and that'd be, a, that'd be a, you know, that'd be a team that would really, you know, be there for the future because there'd be so many years ahead of them. Yeah, I agree. Al. I think sometimes the best, the teams that do the best in the championship are the ones that have the experience and are solid at the back and have that kind of solid central midfield. 
And then when it comes to your wingers and your striker, they're raw, really, mm. and fast and just in a bit of a purple patch in their career, they're on the rise. So I think if Forrest can get that right, it will be pivotal to whether Forrest mm. is successful or not. Just, just like Jacques Carvalho, isn't it? Yeah, oh, we nearly got all the way through that Cavalio being mentioned. So. I, I must admit, I was going to kind of sound on the on the flip side. So you, you look at us when we were successful the previous season, Amiobi, Lolly bombing on, grabbing. There was pace there. They all looked like they lost a lot of pace last season. So Mighton mm. and Johnson with pace that that would be great. But I think the another key one for us. I don't think Joe Lolly was fit this season at all. He just never looked right the whole season. Yeah, so, he was pretty much most of it. So, yeah. is he one that we can can get fit? And also, will he stay fit? Because I think he could be pivotal to us, you know, working alongside Martin and Johnson. Uh, yeah. But I think, for me, most improved player is Tyler Blackett. Again, after the first game, I thought he was stealing a living. Uh, but by the end of the season, I thought, you know what? He's not pulling up trees, but he's a decent championship left-back. And if we start with him as left-back next season, I feel fairly comfortable I'm not saying it's a sexy uh, player but do you know what he will do a job for us obviously disappointing to lose Ribier and so but obviously he's he's homesick uh, and I suppose the difficulty for him and Cafu is that uh, with lockdown Nando's hasn't even been open (laughs) (laughs) right you know what I'm calling it we're ending that one there Tom. I'm, going to do, I'm going to be doing a lot of editing tonight. Yeah, no, we'll leave it that one in. Tom, do you want to go for this one? Do you want to go for the winner for this one? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to give it to the manager of Nando's. Now, nah, I'm going to give it to Cyrus Christie. Uh, yeah, I thought that would be the most yeah, improved I agree. Right, so the big one. I mean, player of the season, an, an hour player of the season. I, I, I really don't think this one... Uh, it didn't take too long to debate this one. There's only it was a it was a one horse race, um, and he's been absolutely outstanding. So I think look, we can debate if, you, if anyone's going to put names, we can debate afterwards. But look, for our player of the season quite easily has to go to Joe Worrell. Mm. How, the only debate is why is he not club captain? Like his performances, his leadership, everything about him this season screams like that. That squad respects him. He's had an absolutely brilliant season. If he's not made club captain, which I'm sure he must be, as another character keep him here, he just—I've never seen a player deserve it more than him. There's a clause in Graham's contract, probably. <laughs> yeah, I've got a feeling there's some. This there was something about when Graham was being touted about leaving us, going to the Middle East. Just after that, he was made club captain, wasn't he? When he yeah. came back. From- Injured, and I think I think Nathan should hit the note. I think it's something in his contract about him being club captain, and he gets more because he's club it captain. Can't be surely, like why not? Because it, well, one, it doesn't help the team, and if there is something in his contract like that, then it needs to change for this summer because it, it's just totally not agree. beneficial to like a, 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 I can't think of the word, but a squad that's going to be like in harmony, really. No, no, I agree. But the thing is though. The only thing I'd say about Warhol being club captain is that Warhol, I know he does, he's doing this from, you know, his heart's in the right place, but he's been known to come out and absolutely slate the players. Like yeah, you've got exactly. to ask how that go brilliant. down in the dressing room. Sorry? Heart on his sleeve, brilliant with the media. Yeah, but the rest of the team aren't like being a called defender, out by that. Thing. I, I'm always in favour of a defender being captain. 
I think the only argument for club captain you could have is, do you want to put the captain's armband around Ryan Yates' head for a bit of padding? <laughs> <laughs> oh, All I would say for club captain is you've got a few choices, though. You've got McKenna. Yeah, I agree um, with McKenna. You've got, I, I, I like the idea of it being a defender or, you know, that sort of thing you know, where you can see things in front of them. So, you know, it's, it's, it's either Warren or McKenna for me. But I, I just, I mean, yeah. Just, just to go back to Warrell for the, I mean, he's been uh, just, just superb, and he's, re, I mean, his progression. I mean, I couldn't quite believe, obviously, that we loaned him out to Rangers when we did under, under Karanka. But I mean, that loan spell has done in the world of good and mixed, mixed reviews from Rangers fans. Some liked him, some didn't. But I think for his development to go and play for a club like Rangers, albeit mm. in the Scottish Premier, which isn't really. Kind of the highest of standard, but I mean, the expectation of Rangers as a football club obviously would, would have helped him. And I just think he, he, he's looked a, a much better player for what has been a, a really poor season. He's looked a much better player, and it, it's no coincidence that we've got such a good defensive record. His last ditch tackles, uh, as I say, his leadership at the back, uh, all round, are just, just superb. And I just hope that obviously we can keep hold of him for next season because I think he's going to be pivotal. There's always, uh, in the dressing room. There's always that one player that, and I understand we have to do this. It's just the way of modern football, but we always have to sell a player for money each summer. That's why we're our books are good, and you know, and I, I just our books aren't good. Him being the guy that's got the money, the money of it, like that we can sell anything. God, I hope maybe they could sell Mighton or someone to like a Spanish club for 8 million and it turns your eyebrows, but it happens. But I just, more than any other player, we have to keep Warren to make a good squad for next season. Yeah, I mean, you could argue, you could argue, someone comes in and say, you know, 12, 14 million for Johnson. You could say, well, we've never had him. So, you know, we, we, we've not lost, we, we've not lost what you've never had, but you're right, we do have to sell the money, but you say, yeah, books are good. They're not. They're not as bad as other clubs like Derby, but, we are being propped up by our own. I, I was checking our accounts out the other day, and we are we have made a bit of a hit recently. You're having a fun Sunday. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I think it's, it's just things that just been, it's just interesting though because you, Greg's right. We have to keep selling players to keep doing what we're doing, and the problem is we keep buying if we keep buying drops, we keep buying Harry Arters, you know, keep buying players, you know, a few million quid at a time that are going to earn twenty, thirty grand a week that aren't going to play. We're going to have to keep doing this. We've got to, we've got to go down the route. I think I think we mentioned earlier trying to buy up and coming players from the lower leagues that you're not going to spend a fortune on in wages that you're not going to spend a fortune on transfer windows. And if they don't work out, it's it's not as big a hit as when you're mm. signing players for thirty grand a week that are, you know are past it. That's that's a model from Brentford. That's what they do. They sign sign them cheap, sell them on, get the next one. You know, Ivan Tony. I know I know they spent a few quid on him, but he's worth double that. You know, the players that they've sold. But going back to, to your point, uh, with Joe Worrell, I think the thing that's most obvious about why he's player of the season, why he should be captain, just look at those games he missed through injury. Our defence mm. totally changed. Did not look half as solid. Mm. Yes, I totally get Figueredo had a, a confidence problem mid-season, but we just looked a totally different team with Worrell in it. And I must admit, I was kind of debating earlier. Do you know what? If you can get 12, 15 million for Worrell, do you sell him and then say Mbiso and McKenna playing centre off? I don't know, but I think we we probably will have to sell one of our crown jewels, uh, and then you kind of think, well, could Mighton we sell him for eight million this year, or could he be twenty million in a couple of years? Mm. Don't know. Don't I think know. You've also got to realise, don't think you'll get the money for players like we've done in the past. I no. think with no. with 
COVID and everything like that, I think the problem is you've got that. So I think for me, it's kind of like, you know, Warhol is probably the player that's going to go and get you 10 million. And if that's how much you need to do to spend a few quid in the market, but it's kind of like how much can we, you know, how much business are we going to be able to do um, and what sort of business are we going to to do? Because it's all very well saying you've got a load of players out of contract we're going to get rid of and there's a few loanies that are going to go back. But there's a lot of players that people say, oh, we've got to move them on. So it's very easy saying we're going to move these players on. But if you're earning, say, twenty, thirty thousand pounds a week and you've got two years left in your contract, why would you leave to take a pay cut to go somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Um, I know people say people want to play, but I think a lot of players would just be happy. Look at Zach Clough. I mean, how many years was he with us not playing a game? Um, yeah. I think for me, I think we've got to be a little bit realistic on this, this one and just say, well, actually, we may not be able to do too much business this year. Uh, and to see what happens and hopefully, you know, get like I say, get Johnson in, get Martin in and maybe, you know, if we have to sell one of them, so be it. But fingers crossed we don't. So I think look, let's 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 wrap it up, let's wrap up the pod. Let's let's have a little bit of a you know, we we started there to have a wander towards the summer and obviously that's as a football fan it's quite a, usually quite an exciting time and for a forest fan it's normally quite a confusing time and certainly for you Al because you can't normally pronounce half the players names that we sign but what, if you're having a if you're having a little little daydream and starting to think about next season just a couple of words from your again in terms of what are your hope and expectations at, at this stage I know it's hard because there's a lot of business to be done but what are you hoping for next season I'm hoping to get back to some games. I'm really hoping to get in and watch it in real life. I'm hoping that we can sign a, a decent striker um, to give Graben a bit of competition. You know, get Johnson in the team, playing some games. You know, hopefully he can replicate the form he's had for Lincoln. Get, you know, get Garner maybe on another year's loan if Man United would protest it. I know that's unlikely. Um, you know, kick on really, I think really. And hopefully just play a little bit more on the front foot maybe. For me, uh, the word is automatics, if not playoffs. Uh, I think <laughs> I like it. We've got to be. We've got to be. That's that's the whole point of football. That's why we all love it, and why we all hated the European Super League that these top six clubs, who haven't won as many as Forest, have won. But let's not go there. You know, it's about the promotion and relegation. That first day of the season, when we sat there in the city ground with the sun baking down, thinking, "When's the next beer coming?" It's the thought that next season we could be watching them in the Premiership. That's what we go to football for. That's what the hope is for. So that doesn't matter through the summer. You're always thinking where we're going to be the following season. And that's, that's always got to be the hope, you know. Uh, and I know people say it, and people even that aren't Forest fans say it, we are a big club that should be in that Premiership. We should be on the main TVs. We should be watched by people. I'm not saying that we deserve it because we're a big club, with all the, you know, the, the Greek lads want us there and that there's no doubt that they want to get us into the Premiership. You know, the players want to get there. The fans want them there. It's just, we are set, ready to go. We just need to do that. So positivity, some good signings. I don't think it needs to be lots, but I think there's a few outgoings needed. But as Al said, I don't want, I'm happy to sell Worrell for 12, 15 million as long as we're not spending 40 grand a week on your Jenkinsons, your Bong, you knock out, you're actually signing players, good young players, you know, a bit like uh, when we signed British Sombolonga uh, and Mikel Antonio, you know, those players who were, there were a few quid, but they weren't on high wages and they were, they were young and up and coming. So that's what I'm looking forward to.
Mm. And obviously, and obviously, Wales losing in the Euros. Nah, don't be <laughs> nasty. Don't be nasty, Greg. What about you, mate? Nate, what are you yeah. saying? Uh, thing I'm most looking forward to next season, being completely honest, is having shit chats like this in person in the pub <laughs> every week. I have no comments on the football. Nate's <laughs> <laughs> enjoyed recording the pod. Um, I think for me, I think uh, it'll be interesting. I think it's all down to the recruitment, as it always is. I think, you know, my concern is are we too reliant on history repeating itself with Hewton, you know, keeping the team up? getting to third like you did at Brighton. It'll be interesting. I've not seen anything over the last year that uh, that gives me loads of optimism. Uh, but I'm looking forward to just getting the days back, you know, just getting the days back, being able to go travel back to Nottingham every week, see the lads, have a beer beforehand, and look forward to that drab 13th place like we'll inevitably <laughs> get. Brilliant. Right. Let's wrap it up. I think that's that's it. That's the end of uh, that's the end of our first awards. That's the end of the the our first season, Tom. So I mean, not the best of season to launch a new podcast, but we've enjoyed it. We've enjoyed rambling and rambling on every Sunday night, and obviously talking absolute nonsense. So I hope everyone else who's listened to it has. So everyone, have a lovely summer. Um, we're going to put our feet up, enjoy the Euros, Enjoy Wales doing really well, hopefully. And obviously, we will see you all back in August. Have a good summer. You reds.